Welcome to Keys to the Future, a podcast for students and early career professionals who are looking for ideas and advice on how to stay focused on their education and career path journeys. My name is Gabby Coe, and I'm a senior engineer at one of the most successful engineering companies in the world. I want to inspire you to stay focused on your education and career journey through conversations with my guests. Everyone has a story of resilience and perseverance. And through this podcast, I hope you can learn from the experiences of others and create that catalyst to propel you to take the next step, set your next goal, or achieve the next level. In this season of Keys to the Future, I'm introducing some inspirational stories of courage, perseverance, and dedication to achieve goals. Do you know what the metaphor tip of the iceberg means? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary states that a tip of the iceberg is a small part of something that is seen or known about when there is a much larger part that is not seen or known about. As a society, we are conditioned to focus on admiring the success stories of others, these iceberg tips. Yet, we know little about the effort that may have led to that success. Metaphorically speaking, we do not see the dedication, hard work, amount of self-discipline, sacrifice, number of failures that may have caused many disappointments, and ultimately the perseverance that underlie those successes. I'm introducing some inspirational stories of courage, perseverance, and dedication to achieve goals. I believe everyone has a story of resilience and perseverance. Our learning from each other's experiences and journeys is key to helping us understand that we're not alone in our struggles and that success requires a much larger part of us that is not seen by others. That is, the base of the iceberg. Today's tip of the iceberg story is about an electrical engineer who attributes her success to the educational opportunities she took advantage of since high school formal and informal mentors she met along the way, and her desire and perseverance to become an engineer. Let's hear more about what lies beneath our guest's success. Welcome our guest, Madeleine Guillen, a very successful electrical engineer for a top-tier aerospace and defense technology company. Thank you, Madeline, for sharing your story with the Keys to the Future community. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. Everyone has a story of resilience and perseverance, and I believe that learning from each other's experiences and journeys is really key to understanding that we're not the only ones who may be struggling at times. And success really requires a much larger part of us that is not seen by others. And I'm curious about your story. Can you tell us what your journey and your STEM career began? I think my STEM career really began in like middle school, really in high school, but it kind of started in middle school because I had to decide on my high school courses. So I was very lucky and I had pretty cool high school programs that were available to me. I actually went to two different high schools. So in my first high school, I started off on this four-year IT track that ended up with, you would graduate with like certifications so that if like once you graduated, let's say you decided not to go and pursue your undergraduate degree, you would still have these certifications to like start working an IT career, which was really cool. So that's why I kind of say that I started my STEM career in middle school. 
because when I was going through and selecting my electives for my high school courses, I had to think about like, okay, do I want to take chorus and because I really liked singing or do I want to take these other IT classes and pursue this four track IT career, I guess, within high school. It was kind of placed in my head from like push and motivation for my parents. So just a little bit of backstory. My parents are both immigrants. They came from El Salvador as refugees when they were really young and they really pushed their children to become successful and live the all-American dream, which, I mean, you see a lot, I would say, uh, in the Asian community, but it's not as common in the Latinx community, even with among like my fellow Latinx friends that I had growing up. A lot of the times I had a lot of friends that had parents that kind of pushed them more so to like focus on cooking, especially if they were the firstborn girl in the family and like cleaning and stuff like that. Like they would have to go home from high school classes and go cook and clean for their family. But my parents really pushed us with education. And my mom, especially, she was like, no, I do all the cooking and cleaning. You guys focus on your schoolwork. But it was really, really great because I think that provided a lot of inner motivation for myself because I saw like how much my parents were sacrificing and I really wanted to make that worthwhile because they didn't have an extensive academic career, especially in America, like they didn't have an American education. But I had that motivation to kind of pursue a STEM career because it seemed at the time when I was first learning about it, it's like, okay, this will be a more successful and full of opportunities for myself. So I was able to really focus more on finding like the purpose and passion and meaning behind what I was doing with my life through this education and career. The IT classes I took in my first high school were more like what they're called information technology. So I was doing more like troubleshooting, like building a computer from scratch. And then because of moving districts, I ended up switching high schools and counties. And it actually worked out for the best because I wasn't able to finish that four-year IT track. But when I went to go and sign up for electives in my new county and new school, my counselor, my new counselor actually was like, well, you were doing IT, so let's look at some classes that you might have more interest in. And my high school actually offered a girls in engineering class. So I was like, heck yeah, like girls supporting girls always for that. Um, so let's take it. I didn't really understand what engineering was at the time. I think as you're going through high school or even college, really, you don't understand like how broad engineering could be. And to me, it was just kind of like, oh, like if I wanted to continue IT and do engineering, like I could be one of those like computer wizards that would like sit at their computer and like solve all these cool problems or come up with some new program. And that was like kind of in my head what was happening. But as I learned in my girls in engineering class, it's so broad. Like we had so many speakers and it wasn't just like working professionals. It was also uh, college students that would come back and talk to us about what they were studying in college. And just like our projects within the class too, they were such a wide range. Like we went from coding to building like wood boxes in AutoCAD and then 
like designing it in AutoCAD and then physically building it in a woodshop class that we had in our classroom. So it really exposed me. And I think that's where my first passion for engineering was ignited. Oh, it sounds like you smartly took advantage of all the opportunities that were presented to you early on. And that really was the catalyst that led you down the path of accomplishing short-term goals and then led you to a chain reaction of other opportunities. You mentioned girls in engineering that kind of helped you find your purpose and passion. And then your parents pushing you to really get that education, which is really was really important for them, but obviously yes. also important to you. So I'm really excited to hear more about about your accomplishments. Can you tell us about your accomplishments in your career so far? So I've been working full-time as an engineer for about five years now, but really I would say my first biggest accomplishment as an engineer and in my engineering career really started with my internships. And I was really, really lucky. I had an internship between my freshman and sophomore year of college, but I also had uh, an internship that like really sparked my passion, I would say for engineering and showed me like what I could do too. And that was between my sophomore and junior year. And I was working for this company that focused on autonomous vehicles. But at the time I was computer engineering major. So they put me more in like software with a hardware focus. And I actually got to build and produce this vehicle to vehicle collision alert system, which at the time was not very common in cars. But now you see all these new cars have these collision alerts or even like, you know, they alert you when someone's coming by closely on the side so that you don't try to go into the next lane. This company really focused on that and produced and like sold a lot of those programs to like major car companies like Honda and Toyota. So I got to actually be the lead software slash hardware engineer as a rising junior, which was crazy to me, but I basically coded a whole collision alert system. I had no idea what I was doing at first. It was really scary. They gave me a lot of support, but they also really believed in my abilities. But I actually got to code this full collision alert system and test it out. And it actually, I started off testing it out in a lab where we simulated a collision happening. And basically the purpose of the program was to make the car hit the brakes automatically so that the, the driver didn't have to hit the brakes if they were going to hit the car in front of them and to the side, like let's say they were about to get T-boned, it would hit the brakes. So a lot of the background that I had to do on that was kind of like data, like how far does a car need to be or how close, like physics, right? Like when is when do we know that this car is gonna hit my car? Long story short, I produced it and then we actually went out and I went out with my boss's boss, which was crazy, and we tested it like on the road. So this company really specialized in like doing this type of stuff. So they had like a whole testing area where you would drive around these cars and try out the software that these engineers are doing, which to me, again, I was a rising junior in college. It was crazy. I was like, my boss's boss is in this car. I really hope I didn't mess it up and we get into an accident. <laughs> but, so it was, it was crazy though. And it worked and it got sold to Honda, but I was the, the lead on it. Like I was the sole person working on it. So that was one of like biggest accomplishments. I would say like, even as an undergrad student where I was like, wow, like I can actually make a difference through my skills, even if I don't necessarily have those skills, because I was coding in Java and I had never 
coded in Java. I had just taken like Unix or Linux. Now as a full-time engineer, I started off at the company that I'm at. I was doing like software engineering, kind of like systems engineering at the same time. And I was able to develop a DevOps stack tool set and a tool guide for our agile management tool for the enterprise, which these tools that I helped develop really helped our company and our programs within our company to kind of use them whenever they needed to for their teams. And also that first year I became a certified Scrum Master, which if you're not familiar with Agile, I basically like to call it a project manager. You're just handling technical projects. If you're in the technical sphere, a lot of people use it within non-technical programs, but you're basically just like a servant leader helping the team. But now it's really catapulted my career, I would say, just that getting that certification and getting that experience. And then I went on to be a hardware engineer. And with being a hardware engineer, I went back to my electrical engineering roots and I really focused on designing and implementing communication systems within military aircraft. And it was both manned and unmanned. And the communication systems parts were like radios and all of those type of things. I started off as just working on lower level designs. And then over time, I actually got to be a lead electrical engineer and I was able to design and implement systemic hardware change that impact our program. I was impacting and providing new capabilities for our aircraft and it was huge. Like it was even still like to this day, I'm like, wow, like the things we can do for our military and improve their technology, it's it's really, really cool. And like being able to be a part of that is such a huge accomplishment. One of the coolest accomplishments I've done as an electrical engineer was that I designed a communication like hardware system against something called high altitude electromagnetic pulse attacks. Basically, I designed our hardware components to be resistant to nuclear explosions. Now I've kind of taken my focus with my career back to the whole agile methodology and scrum master slash project manager role again. I still work within technical programs, but um, the last few years I've helped implement agile and across many different projects and programs. So I've worked across software programs, hardware programs. I've helped implement Scaled Agile on a 300 person program that was multidisciplinary. And then now I've kind of switched my technical focus from electrical engineering to cyber. And I have no idea what cyber security is. I'm still learning. Well, that's really impressive. I heard you say you went from IT courses during your early years to autonomous vehicle design to integrated tool sets, certifications, hardware <laughs> engineer, and also designing communication systems, and then really affecting your company's bottom line by implementing more efficient ways of working. Often we focus on the success stories or the tip of the iceberg aspects of our story. But can you tell us about the challenges you've faced? I faced a lot of challenges, honestly, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with these. Um, I struggled a lot with academia, even as a high school student. I was in AP classes, I was in honors, I did it all, but I really struggled. I even at one point, like how to get a tutor for my calculus class in high school, but in college too, like I had to retake a couple classes. It was, it didn't come as naturally, I would say. 
I really worked through that and found different ways. And one of the other challenges I faced a lot too, that kind of impacted me mentally was financial. Like I said, my parents were both immigrants and although they worked really, really hard, we had the essentials, but they didn't have enough money to be able to put us through college. Even in high school, like I remember you would have to buy like the TI-89 calculators and they were like almost $200, which like now looking back, making my engineering salary, that's not that much money. But like at the time it was a lot of money. And like me as a high school student, it, it was just something I'd have to like make sure I told my parents like ahead of time so that they could budget or even pay myself. I think another challenge too that I've uh, struggled with and I still struggle with is self-doubt and imposter syndrome kind of flows with that. Sometimes you you get put in these positions, um, like I was talking about the internship where I was the lead software and hardware engineer on that. I was like, what, <laughs> you're gonna trust me to do this? And I have to go put my boss's boss in a car <laughs> with this alert system? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's something that never truly goes away. Definitely a challenge. I still face today. Something else I've also along those lines is being a, a girl, like being a female in a male dominated industry. I think I was really lucky and I had a lot of girls in my classes in college. I mean, not proportionate by any means, but I always made friends and, you know, was able to find the one girl in my class sometimes. When you go into the corporate world, it was kind of like a different change. Like not only are you a female, but you're also really young. So sometimes you're not taken as seriously or they don't listen to you as much. Things like that, I think you experience as a as a female and also, I mean, your age too. I tend to have more of a bubbly personality. So sometimes people don't take me as seriously too. So I kind of have had to learn to kind of um, work around that, <laughs> which is not the best. I've also learned to embrace it just because I tend to giggle a lot more. That's just my personality. And um, sometimes you have to be a little bit more serious. And obviously in professional settings or when you're presenting, it's different. My last challenge, which is a little bit uncommon, but I want to speak about it because I feel like it, there's not many people that do, but I've I faced some medical issues throughout my career that has impacted me and my ability to take on more responsibility just because they've become so serious. I think we don't speak a lot about it. It's not as friendly for those that have disabilities, whether that be physical, sometimes you can see it, sometimes you can't. And I think with like my medical conditions, you, you couldn't see it. It was more like pain and it's been a huge challenge for me. And it's really opened my eyes to, to like chronic illness or anything else that people kind of struggle with and how that impacts your energy levels and your ability to complete work. Definitely have had lots of challenges. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. STEM is hard. STEM, it is hard. And it takes really dedication and help from tutors. Like you said, I don't think I know anybody who has sailed through STEM courses. <laughs> and if they say they are, I, I don't know. I, I would have to question that. But you also mentioned financial challenges, which are a reality for a lot of us. And the cultural challenges, being a girl, you said, yeah, in a male-dominated profession. Uh, hopefully that is changing, which I'm glad to see that. But there's that culture that's still ingrained, second-guessing abilities of females uh, in a male-dominated world uh, or profession. So how did you overcome those challenges? At least with my academic challenge, I definitely got tutors. I remember in high school, I got a tutor for 
calculus too. And I worked really hard to like fully understand it. And I think at first I was a little bit embarrassed about that. So I think part of overcoming any challenge you have is accepting it and like coming to terms with it. I think especially as engineers, you're like kind of expected to be a genius um, or people just think you're a genius and they're like, why can't you get this? No, I need help. So I'm going to get a tutor. <laughs> and it really paid off because that math really does transfer like those mathematical skills transfer to your other classes. And if you don't have that foundation, it makes your other classes more difficult. So me you know, not just struggling by myself through it, but getting a tutor to fully understand it and work through my challenges really paid off. It also helped me establish a really dedicated work ethic. And like you said earlier, I don't think anybody just sails through it. And even though they might be really good at one subject doesn't mean that they're good at them all. And I think really having that dedicated work ethic and not just like giving up because it's hard makes a huge difference. But something else that really helped me, it, I took five years to complete my undergrad. And I think that's becoming more common. At the time, I felt kind of bad that I had to take another year to finish my undergrad degree. But I think it really saved me a lot of stress <laughs> and also just really helped me with my academic challenges. Like I was able to focus more on the classes I was taking instead of feeling really spread thin. In terms of financial challenges, I had a lot of jobs in college, which also made my academic part be a little bit more challenging, but there are tons of scholarships out there. And I think that's something you really have to put effort into finding and applying. It's not easy. You know, it's not just handed to you. Sometimes you have to do essays or I think nowadays it's like videos. I know there are tons of scholarships out there, especially for like minorities in STEM careers. So I got really lucky with those. Um, I also like I said, had internships. And the good thing about STEM internships is that they tend to pay pretty well for internships. So I saved a lot of my money from those internships and used it for like my apartment rent, bills, electricity, other stuff like that throughout the year. So I really had to like budget it out. Definitely helped with my financial situation and me not feeling as stressed about college, which was nice. Other challenge I mentioned was self-doubt. I think the biggest thing that really helped me, at least when I was younger and in college, was that I had a lot of mentors. And even in, in my career, I've had a lot of mentors that truly believed in me. And they like put me in these positions. Like I mentioned the internship earlier, like they're like, yeah, you can do this. And when you have others believe in you, one, it kind of forces you to try really hard. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to let these people down. But it also helps you believe in yourself. And I think that's something you develop over time. You really have to be your number one supporter. I think with being a girl in a male-dominated industry, what really helped me, at least, is that the mindset kind of, again, like being your number one supporter, we tend to want to please everybody or just do our best job and be like patted on the back for it. And I think that's something that I've really come to realize, like, I'm not going to be able to please everybody. Not everybody on my team is going to like me or even like my decisions, but that's kind of life. We really need to like push past that and learn to like, let our voice be heard more and stand our ground a little bit more, obviously in a professional way. 
medical, hopefully people don't have to experience this, but I know it's a smaller portion of people that do have disabilities, even if it's physical or seen or not seen. What helped me is just to like be honest with those who I have to report to or I do work with. I don't make it an excuse, but I'm just like, hey, just making you aware like today I'm not feeling as good. So I might not be at work for a couple of hours and then I'll come back on later on. I think being honest and talking about it also provides exposure to people and really makes our culture and the people around us more aware and more sympathetic, if not empathetic. So I think that's kind of what's helped me with all of these challenges. I agree with you. Uh, having that dedicated work ethic is really helpful to overcoming the challenges, but also seeking the help out from mentors, tutors, other people in your life that can help you make that journey a little bit more bearable. Um, you also yeah. mentioned scholarships that are available out there and applying. And it's one way to get some of that financial burden lifted a little bit. And I really resonated with the self-doubt part. You believing in yourself. I mean, you didn't get there or where you are by just sitting on the couch. So believing in yourself is number one. And then asserting yourself as a professional is very key to to really help you get through those cultural challenges that you may face. I was recently reading about a variation of Kobe Bryant's 10 rules for success. And three that stuck with me were one, follow your passion, two, have patience, and three, focus. What are your thoughts on these three rules? All three of those are really great rules for success. Passion, patience, and focus can really be applied to all definitions of success and working towards whatever your definition of success is. So specifically following your passion, I think it's really important to figure out what that is. And it really helps provide the why. Like, why am I doing this? I think that really provides the motivation behind it all. And then having the patience, I think Kobe Bryant makes a great point there is that success just doesn't happen overnight. I don't think you reach any goal overnight and it's going to take time. So really having that patience to overcome whatever obstacles come along the way, whatever difficult parts and not so pretty parts, because there are always not so pretty parts. All three kind of go hand in hand because like having the focus goes kind of with patience. It's like staying focused whenever something difficult happens. Like engineering is not easy. You have a ton of classes. You don't just graduate even just with a degree and get a job. Like that doesn't, that's not how it works. You have to get internships most of the time. You have to have some level of background and you have to apply to a bunch of jobs a lot of the times, or you have to have applied to internships that then turn into full-time jobs. So like having that focus will really help you have the patience to work through the obstacles you might face. So I think he has really good points with them. <laughs> Do you have any rules for success of your own? I think something I've really learned is just being open to changes and flexible. Talking about passion, like you determine like what you want to do. You establish your goals. You're like, okay, I'm going to work towards being an engineer. And a lot of the times that can change, even if it's in the smallest ways. If I wasn't open or flexible to those changes or opportunities that came my way, if I just like stuck to, no, I'm only sticking to being an electrical engineer, then I wouldn't have had all those opportunities and I wouldn't have taken them. So really being open to that. And then along with that is also just 
perseverance. I think Kobe touched on the patience and the focus, but really having that perseverance to whenever something knocks you down, you're back up and working towards that goal. I think that's really important. So I think having that perseverance and being open to changes are two major roles for my own success. I love that flexibility and being open to change. So what is some advice you'll provide our audience on pursuing their dream, no matter how tough things may get? You said pursuing their dreams, no matter how tough things get. So part of pursuing your dreams is always setting some sort of goal. Let's say you're an engineer now and you're doing X, Y, and Z, but you really want to be doing A. So you really need to focus, provide yourself that motivation, but X, Y, and Z might still help you get to A. So you really need to be working towards that. What really helps with being able to work towards that goal is knowing your why. That kind of aligns with like the passion, right? But your why is really your motivation. And it doesn't have to be something that's expected or traditional. I think that's something I've really realized throughout my career is that sometimes your why is very small, but it makes such a huge impact on why you're doing what you're doing and your motivation for it. Sometimes your your why could change instantly because of some opportunity someone or something presents to you and that's fine. My biggest advice that I would say, especially for young adults that are still in college and even in your early careers, take advantage of your resources. My mom was a resource, right? My parents were resources and pushed me to really focus on my education. That's a resource. And then I had really great mentors and people that really supported me. And those are resources. And now, I mean, just like with this podcast, there are so many podcasts out there that I listen to daily that just like help me remember my why or even help me work towards some goal, whether that's to relax <laughs> or, or work towards whatever it might be, gardening, whatever your hobbies might be, like use those resources. I still use my public libraries. I use an app that I have through my public library and just like get audiobooks all the time for free, which is great. I'm still really like financially pretty <laughs> aware of the way I spend my money. But um, I think like, you know, using those resources are make a lifetime of a difference because there are so many free ones out there. I think that would be my last advice. Madeline, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Gabby. In closing, define your vision and your mission and bring them to life by establishing short and long-term goals. And most importantly, take those critical first steps towards achieving your objectives. Thanks to my guest, Madeline Guillen. Thanks to Kirk Krause for graphics design. Thanks to Roger Coe for endless reviews and encouragement. And thanks to Joe always. If you like Keys to the Future, please share it with your friends and let them know they can subscribe to Keys to the Future on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. You can follow Keys to the Future on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. I'm Gabby Coe, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Keys to the Future. Thank you.